but the more personal a problem is, the more universal it is. And, and I thought, if, okay, if I can really get to the heart of how I got in my own way and how I stopped getting in my own way, and how, if I can show how I stripped away the layers of bullshit with me, those same layers of bullshit exist in other people's worlds. Welcome to the Innovative Founder. The show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. Hey, founders. Hey, as founders. We mentioned, as we mentioned last week, um, our conversation with Andrew was so rich that we, uh, we went over time and we actually created, uh, we had about a 90-minute conversation. So we are bringing you today part two of our conversation. And uh, I think you'll understand why we went long. It's a very interesting conversation. Andrew is just a humble guy, yes. full of wisdom. Um, we describe him as an old soul. And, uh, you know, today we're going to get into the rest of our conversation. And it's just a little bit of a different way to do Founders this week, right? Yep. But uh, we, think it's, we think it's the right thing to break it up. So we're not uh, intruding upon your, your, uh, your podcast listening time. Uh, we think it's going to work well. So, Brandon, we're going to now introduce Andrew Cap once again, and here's part two of our conversation. Please enjoy. Was there, was there a dissatisfaction with the books that were out there, Andrew, where you felt like it's too complicated? Like, um, I, I, underst I understand you've got the experience of like, hey, I actually did this, but did you take a look at The Secret and take a look at other books and like, you know what? It's it's too complicated. I can simplify this. So I saw, I saw like there there were good books and not so good books. I thought that sure. I think you know to Rhonda Burns' credit, I think she did a great job on the secret. I think her book, The Magic, is even better. It's a hidden gem. Um, there's a book by Mike Samuels, I think called Just Ask the Universe. Wonderful book. There are a few really brilliant books out there, but a lot of books. It was clear to me reading them that the person was regurgitating information and it's a game it's like a game of telephone they mm -hmm. read something in a certain way that here's mm -hmm. the steps and their interpretation like someone's interpretation of the law of attraction is you have to be standing on your head with your eyes closed and your arms in this thing in order for it to work because they read someone else say you might want to try that and then like a game of telephone da -da. it's like to me there was a lot of unintentional misinformation about it or misapplication for it. And for me, I was like, listen, what if I can take everything I knew and articulate it? Like I've, I, I, when I was a kid, I wasn't like the math student. I was like the reading, writing student. You know, everyone like put themselves in those categories. I, I really just thought to myself, listen, I've been through enough and I've gotten in my own way enough that I think, yeah, I think I can articulate this. I think I, I can articulate this and deliver this in a way that people... There'll, there'll be a level of welcoming energy where they don't feel like they have to do something perfect, but they feel like they can do it. I just let me make this accessible. That was like, and I'm not sure if that's answering your question, but it was really yeah. coming to the realization of giving myself permission. Like I, 
I know how to make this successful. I did it for me. And, and here's the key thing. And I think this will really resonate. And I can't take credit. I forgot who, who, who coined this term. But the more personal a problem is, the more universal it is. Yeah. So I thought I remember that quote. Excellent yeah. quote. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I thought, if, OK, if I can really get to the heart of how I got in my own way and how I stopped getting in my own way and how if I can show how I stripped away the layers of bullshit with me, those same layers of bullshit exist in other people's worlds, maybe in a slightly different way, but not so different that my articulation and expression of the ideas wouldn't still land with them and help them. Yes. Totally resonate with that. Appreciate that. Yeah, that is a uh, a quote that is burned into my existence is the more I some confessions, I'm in the process of writing a book and I've been downloading and speaking into my little microphone and my phone and and I, and I toss these ideas in all my conversations. Like, what do you think of this idea? Because I, mm. I kind of look at, well, is this true? Like, let, let me play with this idea that I've learned from a from painful or not so painful lesson and see if this is true. And the resonance I get from people is like, yeah, that's the core of it. Thinking that something is so personal and only to brand in it, it's like, no, this is absolutely shared by humanity, This this these things. Um, so it's it's a wonderful... We used to say when we do our video work and our storytelling work is, you know, human beings, we, we bond over the shared struggle of humanity. I, you know, I'm not going to bond with you by sharing what our income is, you know, and flexing in a mastermind of how much I made last month or didn't make last month. I bond with you by the shared struggle of humanity, by, you know, shared pain in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah. that quote really represents that. Uh. I feel, oh, I'm, I'm excited for when your book comes out. It sounds like you're, you're already deep in it. So, so Andrew, I need, I need you to encourage Brandon because one of my roles is I getting read and like, Brandon, we got to get you to write the fucking book. Right? And, and this goes, this precedes our, our business partnership. This was a conversation I had, I think in 2012 with Brandon, like this goes back beyond this. Um, so you mentioned something really critical, Andrew, is like, it took you how long to convince yourself or to give yourself the permission to write it? Uh, 11 years. I waited <laughs> 11 years. And, and by the way, for, and I, I want to be careful here because I don't want to go the opposite message for, for Brandon here. Um, I, I, it's good that I waited a certain point because there was certain things that I wouldn't have articulated as well if I went yeah. earlier. But I can tell, and I mean this, I'm not just saying this, Brandon, in our vibe right now in the conversation, you don't have to wait another level. Like you're, you're, you've reached the level of soul maturity, for lack of a better term, that this is going to translate well. And I have a guarantee for you. I can't tell you when you're going to put that book up, but I have a guarantee whether it's next week, next month, or next year, when you put that book out, you're going to have an immense gratitude for the quality of it. But simultaneously, there's going to be a slight little twinge like, I should have put this out a long time ago. I should have done this at least two or three years ago. Like oh. you're, you're going to feel that you're, and you're going to be so grateful that it's finally out there, but you are going to have a recognition that, oh man, I could have done this so long. So my advice to you is make that, that twinge of eh, make it even less by going forward and, and doing this faster. Well, to, to show you both, I actually, so I can't see let me turn off it, but I, I'm a, a, my background is design. So last night I designed a book cover just to inspire me. 
Oh, there we go. So it's called Feral, the unconventional guide to becoming undomesticated. So uh, it just, uh, I'm again, just up to inspire me to keep going. And uh, I have tape recorders everywhere. That is exciting. Uh, Andrew, we got to see this at the first time. Yeah, yeah. This is world exclusive. But I I want, this is just my vision for it. And I'd like, I just need to get it up to see it. I need to start, you know, seeing the visual, but uh, and and to show you how powerful that is, um, just relaying a story, um, I was in meditation and was given the word feral. Our business partner, Scott, was in meditation, was given the word feral. And the night before, Brandon was in meditation and was given the word feral. Literally, literally the universe downloaded it (laughs) into two of Brandon's closest allies on the planet. (laughs) And we shared it with them the morning after we heard it. And he's like, yeah, I got the same title the night before. <laughs> wow. So that, that is, um, I'm just really excited to see the cover. And uh, yeah. Brandon, and, could, could I ask, what's the subtitle one more time? Um, the, um, the Unofficial Guide to Becoming Undomesticated. So mm. I hold the theme of the book. I'm a Gen Xer and I grew up playing in gravel pits, shooting arrows at my friends, hunting rabbits and doing other dumb things. Also spent my summers in a very remote cabin with no address that my parents built. And I was, there was an outhouse, there was no electrical power, there was no Wi-Fi at the time. And my playground was Lake Superior. So my my days were spent getting lost in my in the canoe and fishing and cutting my own fish and eating, you know, eating and communing with otters. And so and being left alone. There was a lot of it is like mom and dad, you know, that generation, like go do shit and, mm. and, and leave us alone. We're building a, we're building a cabin right now, leave us alone. And so it was a lot of, uh, figure it out. And I was, there was times I was miles into the woods. There was, I was deep into different areas and all by myself and, or neck deep in a river where you couldn't see two inches and, and watching a, you know, watching a snake swim by you you know a few feet away and like oh something happens now now thinking about it as an adult with kids like oh that maybe wasn't the best they would have never found the body (laughs) (laughs) but it's just this idea that how domestication i don't want to call it an enemy but it's it's a it's a reclaiming of this part of you that perhaps this old soul in you that is that is craving to not be comforted to mm. to to not have all the conveniences because we can get easily addicted to Got something it. about that self-reliance so there's, there's wow. a lot of stuff in there there's a lot of stuff gurgling um, dude I'm, I'm really excited it sounds like you got a lot like okay this is gonna be good awesome <laughs> <laughs> right like i can't wait and i i know some of the stories that are going to be in there it's i, I can't wait for it like <laughs> it, it is it is gonna i mean we're talking, we're talking to Andrew, but Andrew and I are talking to you, Brandon, like it's going to be a powerful book. Mm, it's going to take on a life of its own for sure. Thank you. So, so Andrew, it, it, we, we would be remiss on a show for founders to not talk a little bit about the phenomenon of the, the, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. Um, and I know you're, you're amazed by it, Andrew, but you did engineer some of it. Um, can you talk about some of the things that have happened 
uh, with the book and some of the things that you noticed that were really helpful. And oh, by the way, I think you wrote a book about what was helpful, but uh, <laughs> yeah. feel free to plug that. Um, but take us through some of the things that you've learned and some of the things that, that have amazed you uh, in regards to what the book has done. Yeah, so this is gonna be another thing where like I'm, at the end, I'm like, I hope I answered that right because there's, there's so much to say. So I, I'm grateful to report that it recently passed the sales of 125,000 copies. Um, Phenomenal. Which, you know, how many not authors, to my own horn, but how many like, authors I'm, do that? Yeah, like whether you're independent or you got a publisher behind you. And a key of all that is, you know, I think whether you're independent or you have a publisher behind you, you're responsible for your marketing for the for the most part. Yes. And like for me, like a lot of stuff that I learned along the way um, is, is really about understanding, like understanding more than anything else that word of mouth is this unquantifiable thing that you can't even measure and you can't predict, but you can push energy into. And what I mean by that is, there's a stigma about authors. For example, there's a stigma about authors where they have no time. You, if you write to an author, you'll never hear back from them. They're too busy. They're too good, whatever. I've set up an environment and a structure and a situation for my business where when people write to me, they have a question, they hear back from me and not some blanket, I don't care about you answer, but like a legit answer to their question. And I understand intuitively that not only am I reinforcing their enthusiasm and enjoyment of the content itself. But I'm giving them a really clear signal without directly stating it, that if they not only will, are they going to be more excited about using it, which will get them a result, which will make them more excited about it, but they now know that if they recommend this book to their friends, their friends are also going to be treated by gold, by gold. They don't have to worry about recommending this book to a friend and then me being a dick to that friend. You know, they, they know, go, no, Andrew's going to take care of them, which is, you know, why I will, you know, when Amazon had the functionality, I would respond to the five-star reviews and, and thank them and, and give them something real. Everyone sees that. Not only am I affirming to the person that left the review, but other people can see, hey, Andrew does this. Maybe if I leave a review, while Amazon sells the functionality, which they took away, unfortunately. Yeah. But in the meantime, like when I leave it, maybe Andrew will respond. And when I did YouTube videos, I would talk about that. So for me, I guess the thing, not that I learned because I always knew this, but that was reaffirmed in a new visceral way is that when you really take care of your audience, when you really make them a part, like you're not this person like up on the mountain and they're down here, you yeah. are all in the clouds together. And if if they're not there, your job is to not to like look down and talk to them and make sure they hear you from up here. Your job is to to bring them up with you, with the content, with the execution, with their enjoyment, with the interactions. Um, and and for me, the interesting thing about it was you're right. I'll I'll even plug it by putting up on screen three words I use to sell hundred thousand books. The whole genesis of this was every time I would like celebrate wins, like, oh, I've sold 40,000 copies. I sold 50,000 copies. Friends would want to get on the phone with me. Like, hey, can I pick your brain? Blah, blah, blah. And I never wanted to say no, but, you know, fortunately I have a lot of friends and a lot of acquaintances who like don't want to be friends. I'm like, I don't have enough time to do this. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to completely deviate. I'm out of the law of attraction space for a minute, for a hot minute here. I'm going to write a marketing book. I'm going to explain everything that I knew beforehand or discovered afterwards on how I actually sold 100,000 books in hopefully ways that people can replicate in terms of their 
their book cover strategy, their book title strategy, their YouTube strategy, their interview strategy. I'm going to explain everything I did, my perspective, and then they can borrow those ideas in any way that suits them and fits them for their genre and what they were going to do. So for me, it, it was really about kind of like, you know, temporarily pivoting to solve a need in the marketplace that I feel I could address. And then like, okay, I did that part. Now let me go back into my usual world. And that's when I published Just Feel Good and kind of got back in that zone again. Hey folks, hope you are enjoying our conversation with author and entrepreneur, Andrew Kapp. Uh, Andrew has written uh, three books. Um, the Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever read is the one that is kind of catapulted him to success. And he talks a lot about that uh, on the show today. Um, all of his books are available at Amazon and where you get your favorite books. Uh, you could also go to andrewcap.com and there's links to all the places that you can get all the titles that are available by Andrew. So andrewcap.com. Back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. It's, um, you know, authors write books, and it's a very personal thing when they do that, right? Um, they're, a, a, lot of, a lot of authors' first books especially are very, very personal. The, the first book I wrote, Big Ticket E-Commerce, was was a personal book, even though it was it, it was for you know purposes of promoting my business. It was a personal work, um, and you know you go into it and you're hoping it sells, but you're not really thinking about book sales as much as you're just proud that you put it out there. And and I think you're pleasantly surprised when when people react to it. I think the thing that brought me so much satisfaction was we would have people come into our offices to do consulting days and they'd bring the book along and they had bookmarks and highlights in it. Mm. And that just, I, yeah, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it to this day, which was like, I was really, I was really intentional about what I put in that book. And I really wanted it to be a book that served people and to get the positive feedback that it served people meant more to me than the what they paid for it and and what the business brought me it, it's mm. weird but you know I, I think what you're talking about Andrew is just the, the the validation that you get when you do something so personal um there can't help but be this this side of you which is like you, you do want people to love it and you do want people to be served right I mean yeah it, I mean, there's obviously the commercial aspect, but it's that positive feedback that is just so rewarding, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll check the book you're referring to. Is, are you talking about the, the, the Facebook ads book? No, did? this was a book I wrote in 2007 called Big okay. Ticket E-Commerce. It was my Got first it. book. Now, so I'm yeah, to, I've, I've I'll have to check that, that one out. I did want to pay you a compliment on the Facebook ads one that, that, sure. you, were, that you were in. I don't do Facebook ads, but... I keep your book on my shelf because it's a wonderful reference point of marketing or copywriting ideas mm. that I can apply to non-Facebook stuff. You wow. have a very, you have a permanent place on my shelf because I can identify, Oh, the way that's phrased the way, you know, and again, it's, it's been a couple months since I looked in, but you know, the way you explain how to do an ad or structure, like that can be applied in so many different ways. So I just want to pay the compliment, even though I don't do Facebook ads, I keep your book on hand as a reference point. 
Yeah. Well, that means that means a lot. Um, and that was the intention too. And and I think too, as Brandon's writing his book and as we wrote our books, it's there's an intentionality that you're putting into it. Um, and that intention gets returned, then that that positive feedback loop is really, really important. Um, mm. You know, and um, I don't know where I was going with this question. I, I guess where I wanted to go with this is you you've now you've written the 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 law of attraction book. You did the the side kind of project to answer questions about how you did that. Um, let's talk about the transition to the current book, Just Feel Good, which um, I'm sorry to say I haven't downloaded yet, but I certainly will. Um, talk about this book and and what's the purpose of this book and what are you hoping to get from this one? Yeah. So funny story. I again, you know, well, I'll give you a little nice, all my answers have been long. I'll give you a nice long winded thing here. When, when I'm on a date and someone, and she asked me what I do, I don't tell her I'm an author. I tell her I do content marketing and publishing or content publishing and marketing, because there's so much more to this than just writing the book. That's like, and, mm -hmm. and I, I live that I embody that. <clears throat> and the reason I say that is because it's it's a continue affirm, continual affirmation and a continual goal that people will recommend my books. They read them and they recommend them. And I had a very interesting um, story. And I don't know if uh, I don't know if you know Esty. Um, we you know she was also with with Tribe for Leaders. Yeah, but um, know her well. She so she messaged me. I think it was last year. Um, she texted me. She's like, hey, Andrew, you won't believe it you know, I, I met someone reading your book. She was at like this sales conference or something. And she's like, she sends me a photo of a, like a woman who I've never met before holding up her tablet with my book cover. Like, cause she's reading like the Kindle version or the audiobook. And it's like, she felt like I found it. And I like, Oh my God, I know that guy. And she's like, you know, you know, Andrew here, take a photo of me. And here's the cool thing. I, I heard a clarification from Esty further of the story where the woman, like they were just talking and she asked her what she was reading. And she was embarrassed initially to tell her when she kind of like threw gritted teeth. Mm. She's like, oh, it's called the last law of attraction. Like, and then it was like, she's like, oh, I know that guy. And then it became good. And the reason I bring this up, because it made like through that story became clear to me that, again, law of attraction is stigmatized. Even yeah. people that love the book might feel self-conscious or feel like they're being judged by sharing it. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a book that you're not going to be embarrassed if you think law of attraction is stigmatized. I'm going to make a non-law of attraction, law of attraction book. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain everything I know about executing this and implementing it without ever using the words law of attraction. Oh, the man. only time law of attraction appears in this book, the term is when I tell people, hey, I wrote a book called the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. But the term never appears in the explanations. The term manifestation is never in the explanations. This is meant to be a very easy to recommend book where no one's ever going to feel embarrassed. And also it's thinner. It's less than a hundred pages. This to me is a giftable stocking stuffer. This by design is something that. that people can even more easily buy and recommend. It was written to be shared in a complete, like, obviously it's, it's also written to shift the paradigm, the way the law of attraction, like these books, they all of them have to shift paradigms. But in addition, it was supposed to be very easy for someone to then share without feeling like they're going to be judged. That was the intention of this book. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm such a believer in that. We have to hear 
we can be talking about the same thing. We can talk about law of attraction, but we have to hear it in a certain different ways and different perspectives in order, in order for it to layer in or what resonates with one person and, and how it is said and how it is presented mm-hmm. has to be brought up in a different way. I mean, even the topics, one of the resistance points in like writing what I was sharing with you, this whole feral book is like, well, one of the things that kicks up in my brain, is like, okay, but yeah, people get this. And this other guy's talking about it. And that guy's talking about it. And this guy's talking about it. like, yeah, but you got to say it your way. You got to do it in your, with your experience. So just like, this is your experience of the law of attraction and being able to write it differently. So it'll resonate differently with people that maybe have a resistance of this, all that law of attraction, that's new age stuff. And maybe they've had a religious background where that's been shamed and, and right. say, no, that's not safe. That's, that's, you know, dangerous, whatever. It's necessary. It's important to be able to articulate these concepts in ways that resonate with all different types of people. It's, yeah. it's brilliant, Andrew. And I, and I know this comes from a evolutionary process you've gone through, but yeah, the, the term law of attraction has an emotional charge to it. And because of things like the secret and, oh, that's new age, Brandon is right. Like it it would be difficult for somebody who is a fundamental Christian to carry that book around, like literally carry it into church with them, but even have it appear on their, on their coffee table. Right. Because, because in that world, new age is considered the devil, but law of attraction is very fundamentally based in Jesus teaching. Okay. Okay. I love that. Um, And I also love that, like you, you're you're employing a technique, which is you're, you're removing political, um, emotional, social charge from it. Like that, that is just a brilliant discovery. And you're making something that's very powerful, digestible. And I, you know, that that's powerful. I noticed a couple of things. Number one, um, the title, you, you were very intentional about the title and you were very intentional about the design. Yes. Talk a little bit about that because it's, <laughs> it's completely obvious. So talk so, about the title and the design. So actually, even though I've got them behind me, I'll, I'll kind of hold it up for effect. Um, this cover design, which I love. I love this cover design. I love how my name's not on it. It's just the title. Like I love everything. I made this design in less than a day in Photoshop. It was very fast. Very few drafts. This one technically took longer to do the cover than to write the book. And mm-hmm. basically I did hundreds and not, not low hundreds, high hundreds of minor tweaks and revisions trying to get this cover kind of like across the finish line and actually hold up the soft cover version because this one's a little bit centered a little bit better. Um, <clears throat> the whole thing about this, there's so much going on. You notice how just feel good. It's kind of like on a scroll and there's kind of like nature in the background. The idea or the vision of this is there, you're like in a rainforest or some kind of forest and you're on a treasure hunt and you've got this scroll and it's like a map to treasure, like X marks the spot. But the the thing is, the, the map itself is the treasure. The message on this, like you don't have to find wow. something buried. It's actually, this, is the, this isn't the, the map to the thing. It is the thing, the idea of just, just feeling good. But also simultaneously, even in the middle of all that, which obviously I want to be clear for people to read, um, I wanted like the image of nature where people had a nice, calm thing where if they ever wanted to meditate, they could just close their book and look at the cover of the book. 
and just enjoy it. And that's whether it's in their hands or it's on their screen for the audiobook or on their screen for their Kindle. So I wanted to be a, a nice relaxing image to meditate to, but also that message of like the the map is the treasure. This message is this this is everything. If you just feel good, if you're just grateful, if you're just at ease, it it changes everything. That that was the vision for that cover. Love it. It reminds me of uh, one of my favorite all-time movies is Kung Fu Panda. When, it, you know, there's there's this, they're, they're trying to get to the dragon scroll. And the dragon scroll was nothing more than a piece of fine silk that when you open it, it was a mirror. Mm. To uh, You know, they, they had practiced for years and years about the, you know, the highest level of getting to the dragon scroll and everybody wanted the dragon scroll. And it was awarded to the, the big fat panda um, instead of this, master who was like wiping out armies to try to get the scroll and there's this moment in the in the movie where the big fat panda opens it and he sees himself and he smiles he's like oh my gosh and then the other the the the, the enemy that the rival gets his hands on it and he opens up he says it's nothing and he's looking at himself because mm. he has just destroyed cities and conquered armies he said this is nothing there's nothing here and so it's I love that kind of idea that that we're all searching for this idea, this this deep, and I include myself in this. Is like it's got it's it's difficult, it's hard. There's deep wisdom that must be unearthed, and it's like, nah, just feel good. You'll get just there. Feel good. It really is that simple. <laughs> and, and the hardest thing about it is just our conditioning. We are conditioned to need yeah. complication. We are conditioned. It can't be that simple. And we're also yeah. conditioned with like, okay, you know what? I'll play this game for a day or maybe even a week, but after that. I'm going to look at my results and I'm I'm going to keep score and I'm going to quit. Not realizing that they were actually keeping score all day, every day, which was not feeling good. So they were inadvertently feeling bad, which was doing the exact opposite of what they wanted to do. Yeah. The yeah. tricks we fall into. There is that um, uh, philosophy of the supplement industry as you complicate the profit. That's it's in the workout weightlifting supplement industry, complicate to profit. It's um, actually very extremely simple. <laughs> Stress yes. the body to a certain point, allow yourself recovery, step and repeat. Cool. Um, thank you for going over, Andrew. Are we are yeah. we okay on time, my friend? Uh, I'm I'm as fine as you guys are. I, okay. I have some my my next thing is an hour from now, which I intentionally booked so that we would have freedom to chat if you wanted to. Well, I, I, I messaged Brandon about a half hour ago and said, we're we typically go an hour, but I'm like, we're going over. And Brandon's yeah, yeah. like, absolutely. Good stuff. Um, I, I'm wondering, Andrew, when you sell 125,000 copies of a book hmm. that has to get the eye of publishers, have you been approached by anybody like a traditional publisher to write a book? So the interesting thing is, no, I have not here. I, I've been approached by international companies wanting to do a translation of the book, Okay. Um, which I haven't moved forward on because I want to do it right. There's probably analysis by paralysis thing going on there. But not, ironically, no, no. Um, you know, I honestly, I would love to hear from Hay House and hear what they have to say. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I'd, I'd go with them, but I, I would love. But no, no, no major publishers have, to my knowledge, have have reached out to me or, or expressed interest which honestly that's fine like you know i mean i will yeah i will entertain a conversation and i will especially have a very respectful conversation with someone that understands the business and, and the whole group but by that same token and this is really important the whole point of this as a founder right the the point of what i do is so that 
I am the only company that I need to rely on. Mm. It's it's very important. I I will never say no. I will certainly I will I will look down I will go down roads if someone wants to go down a situation, but it's it's very important that I've established to myself that if that never happens, the whole point of this, the whole point of my journey, and I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years, the whole point is that I've built up a level of experience and a level of self-awareness and a level of wins and losses and a level of everything that it's always going to be on me if it has to be. And that's fine. It really is. Mm, love that. Well, and go ahead. I was going to ask, and for clarity, so you self-published your books. Is that how you? I self-published, which by the way, I think is, if I didn't self-publish my book, I don't think they ever would have let me get away with publishing this cover without my name on it. Uh, but the whole point, the whole artistic vision of this is that my name on this book doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who wrote this. Mm. Just the the like the last ultra, my so me being from New York, my vision of this, and then COVID hits. So to this day, it's it's never come to fruition. But my vision was sitting on a subway and what looking seeing some read this book the way they read a magazine, and it being big enough that everyone can see it. That that was like my, my vision of it. It's being a cover where if you're reading it on the subway or on the bus or whatever, it's so big and it's so in your face and so brash of a of a topic or thing that you'll never have to be like you go home like what was that book again? Let me remember to go on Amazon. Like people, it's it's a memorable title and a memorable idea and it makes an impression. That was my vision and you add my name to that. It's an extra thing to read. It takes away from it. Mm -hmm. I think that is one example of many decisions that I made in this process that I think a publisher would have said no to. A copy editor would have been like, no, we've determined that you have to do it this way. And maybe they'd be right, maybe they'd be wrong, who knows? But I do know that it definitely would have been a conflict of my artistic vision and my business vision and and my just intention of where I want to do, like where I want to go with these books and how I want to serve people. Awesome. Well, I, I think it's kind of remarkable, Andrew, um, just to have the insights you do, you like you you you've got you've tapped into something within your higher self where you kind of knew what the right moves were for each of these books. Um, it's kind of remarkable that I I I think knowing you again, you you're you're this kind of calm, gentle spirit. You're very humble, but you're also wicked smart. Um, and you're exceptionally intentional about what you do. I, I guess the word might be thoughtful. Um, I, I've never seen you kind of react like whenever we did mastermind groups together, people always put ideas in front of you and they were always like, hey, do this, Andrew, do this, Andrew. You always kind of take things as like, I'm going to think about it. You're very intentional and thoughtful about things and it served you well. You know, some people are more like, I'm just going to jump in and not check how deep the water is. You you tend to check how deep the water is and you're you're you think through everything. Um, and it seemed to work for you. Um, is, is that did I did I describe that accurately? Yeah, well, I mean, I consider it a, a high compliment. Thank you very much. I, I'd say this. I'm I'm very thoughtful and intentional, but part of that thoughtfulness and that intentionality includes taking solid, consistent action within the confines that people don't always see. In other words, um, that could also be a criticism. Like, hey, everyone's giving you all these ideas and you're like, I'm going to think, meaning I'm not going to do it, right? Or at least I'm not going <laughs> to do it in the moment. Um, for me, an important aspect within that is, well, one, when they, when someone gives me an idea to really give it consideration and how it fits in with how, not only how I do things, but how well I would implement that piece of advice. 
But regardless of whether I'm taking that advice or not, I always am in motion in the background. Like, you know, I I wrote Just Feel Good in like four weeks. When I was doing it, I wasn't broadcasting. Hey, guys, I'm doing I was just moving forward. I was moving forward on the cover. I was moving like, oh, but it's kind of funny between the cover and the book and the audiobook recording, which is always an annoying thing for me. I began the process, even though I knew the title and a while back before then, and even had like a, a completely old cover draft, the actual process I began on January 26th and I published everything, including the audiobook, on March 25th. So eight weeks, two months later doing all that. So yes, there's a thoughtfulness, but within that thoughtfulness, when it is time for action, it's unabashed, uh, unfiltered, you know, bull in a china shop, tunnel vision, rhino going straight for you, action, inspired action. When I do make a decision of moving forward on something, that's when it is like, you know, like full steam ahead, no hesitation, no regrets, no stopping, just jumping in because I thought it out so well for myself. I love it. Love it. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying this conversation as much as I am. So excited. Uh, I just love the power of story. And it's not new to you. It's not new to us. We are so familiar with story and we're so excited about the things that are coming up with Feed Stories as well as our sister company, Strategic Story Media. If you have not weaponized your story and weaponize, I put air quotes around that because they're not really a weapon, but if you haven't mobilized your story, the thing about you that is unique that no one else can copy, it's time to do that. It's time to identify what that is and it's time to get it out into the marketplace where people can resonate with it. That's how people do it. They resonate with story. So if that sounds interesting to you, it sounds like something that you need to be thinking about, maybe prodded and poked a little bit to see, wow, what really is my story and how can I use it to reach more people and help solve problems? Reach out to us on strategicstory.media or feedstories.com. We'd love to have to start that conversation. Now back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brendan Boyd. One, one more, one, just one more question on that. So what, what are you intentionally doing in terms of the promotion of yourself or your books kind of each day? What, what channels or platforms or strategies are you using to get the word out about the books and yourself? So my answer a year or two ago would have been everything. I'm doing YouTube videos. I'm doing interviews. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to post like, I'm just doing whatever I can to put the content and to put my, my articulation of that content out there and whatever platforms are going right now. It's, it's very weird because um, I still stick by the term. Like you have to do at least one thing in service to your business or your vision every single day, whether it's answering an email doing an interview, like whatever it might be, it could be big or small, one thing every single day, I still do that. But even though I still do that, I'm in a bit of a, I don't know, dry season is the right word, but there's a bit of a foot off the gas season right now, where um, I publish like funny little, here's the funny thing, when I was talking about like doing comics and comic strip and one panels. Mm -hmm. Now on, on social media, every so often I'm posting memes, they're like yep. the 2023 version of a one panel comic strip, but yes. I'm doing memes that are promoting um, the book and also hopefully like giving people like a chance to, to laugh, that's laugh at something. Like, for example, I don't know if everyone knows that, that Leonardo DiCaprio meme from the Django where he's like, he's holding up the glass and he's kind of like laughing. It's yeah. like this, this, this vision of Le like, it's kind of like 
like la just like laughing in a situation. And I remember um, the the caption I put, I took that photo, I put on social media. I said, me, when people say you can't just title your book, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. Uh -huh. And just in one, like, ha ha ha, like really funny. So I'm doing like memes and I'm posting reviews of the book every single day on social media. But beyond that, like right now, if an interview like this comes in front of me, I'm doing it. But for the most part, um, I'm kind of sitting back and I'm letting myself decompress and I'm letting the creative juices kind of like marinate again because I'm, I don't know when, but I already know the next book that I'm going to do and, and the product that'll, that'll tie to it. And it's going to be a very deep, very grueling process. So I'm kind of letting the energy build up so that I could pour myself into it and do a good job with it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Love it. Exciting. Um, let's, let's just make sure people understand what books you've written. I'm just, you know, so if you just kind of promote, promote the books again, Andrew, so mm -hmm. we have it for the record. Yeah, thank you for asking. So the, the three main books that are out right now are The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Then there's three words I used to sell 100,000 books, which explains how I sold over 100,000 <laughs> copies of my Law of Attraction book. And my new one from this year is just called Just Feel Good. And anyone who wants to check out these books, I mean, it's Amazon, Audible, Apple Books, at least the audio versions on Apple Books. Um, you know, you can check your local, I'm sure you guys are worldwide. So your, your local regional, um, you know, Amazon or Audible for, but anybody that's in the United States, if you go to awesomemarvelous.com or you go to andrewcap.com, those will forward to, uh, to links with, with one or all these options for easy clicking access, including my YouTube channel, because if you don't want to pull out your wallet, no hard feelings, maybe my YouTube content, which you don't pay for, will also hopefully serve you in some way, shape or form. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Love it, and if love I it. could, I just want to say, again, thank you so much. You use the word intentional, but I think the intentionality of both your questions in this conversation um, really can't be understated. I want to thank you for trusting me with your audience and to the audience listening, you know, please nothing about me, but um, you have a, I, I mean this, you have a real gift with these guys and you can probably tell that they're, they're trying to put some wonderful content for you. And I imagine they're really succeeding. So uh, you know, kudos to you guys. I'm really grateful for this conversation and grateful that we had an opportunity to have our next conversation with the record button going. Whereas, you know, in the past we've just had, you know, minor chats between just us. And now we get to share this with other people. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Well, uh, give you the last word here, Andrew. So one thing we like to do to close out our show is I call it the 60 second rant or soapbox uh, where you just get to riff on what you think is important for people to know, or it could be just a rant about your passion or, you know, it could be anything, but, but what's, what stirs your soul? What stirs you inside? And you got 60 seconds, just a full audience. Yeah. Go. Well, we, um, <laughs> we talk about gratitude, uh, you know, and that's a loaded term. Here's what I suggest to people listening, you know, buy my book, don't buy my book, whatever that might be. Give yourself the gift of an experiment. Um, write it down on the calendar right now for the next 30 days or, you know, whatever, just take three to five minutes out just to contemplate what you're grateful for right now, whether it's as simple as your heartbeat, your spouse, mentors from the past, food on the table now, a roof over your head, your next success. Think about being grateful every single day. It seems cheesy. It seems silly. Just see what happens. Though at the, at the worst case scenario, you're going to spend a couple of minutes feeling good where you otherwise might've been stressed about whatever's going on in your life. 
and thank me later. Perfect. Love it. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Much respect. Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.